recording. Cheers to season three. Woo! Woo. So we're back at it. Murder brunch. How we do? I don't know. We haven't gotten to the murderous part. Murderous part. All I've, things in their time. Mm-hmm. I guess our food is normally less distracting. I feel we're a lot more chattier normally. But now it's just like, I'm sorry, I haven't eaten yet. <laughs> I like this boozy cocktail. Mm-hmm. The downside. But it's not red. It's not red at all. Yeah, mm. I would have thought those mixing together would have been... Does triple sec have a color? I don't think so. But the Grand Marnier and the Southern Comfort would turn reddish. The downside being we probably should have made like a pitcher of it so it's easier to get a refill because that's like six ingredients you have to it's mix a, together for another... It's basically just a half ounce of each of it though. Clint doesn't have time for such <laughs> you know, drama or labor. Labor. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm just saying bartenders exist for a reason. <laughs> we should hire one. That's what we need. Hot topless bartender. Mm-hmm. We just... Topping us off. <laughs> Topping us off, jeez. Tell but us how no, you really feel. But knowing us, it'd be like walking around with a shirt and it's like, are you not wearing gloves? <laughs> <laughs> Where's your mask, man? <laughs> well, we got Uber Eats. We don't have Uber Tinder. Bartender. Ooh. Uber Tinder. Bartender. Mm. Ooh, bartender. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. I found it. Yeah, we got it. It's going to be nap time after this brunch. I know, you better stop. No, it's going to be recording time after this brunch. We have tales of horror now. (laughs) That'll perk me right up. (laughs) And then he was murdered! (laughs) Nothing like a body count to wake me up. I don't know, don't you have that new sleep app that just lists horrific murders to you and makes you fall asleep? Some people listen to white noise, some people listen to rain falling. I listen to horrific deeds, so... <laughs> I just want to see. I just want to hear like the really like soothing voice. Let's talk about the Holocaust <laughs> today on meditation. Ooh. Ted Bundy, million dollar idea. I'm sure. I'm sure someone will run with it. Nope, copyright. It was ours first. Anywho, welcome to Murder Brunch. We are the Murder Brunch bunch. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm Rachel. I'm Clinton. This is the podcast that brings you two tales of mayhem and murder and discusses where a killer lies on the scale of evil. Written by Dr. Michael Stone in his book, Anatomy of Evil. There we got that all, got, got all out of the way. You can find his book on Amazon and wherever they sell amazing books. Wherever they sell murder books. Murder books. It's very good. We highly recommend it. We are a fan. Hence the podcast, I guess. <laughs> but this is season three. Season three. Ugh. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know. What we I are mean. not getting through this murder brunch without. I am gassy. <laughs> so here we are, back again. Back again with our tales of murder. So we talked about brunch. We talked about the cocktail. Anything else? I think there's nothing left to do. We we'll talk about some murder. All right, let's do and it. Mayhem. Murder and mayhem and snacks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. I'm going to present our first murder of the day, the one in which we do put on the scale. So this is a little weird, a little kooky for our first time back, but I I, uh, hope you enjoy it. Here we go. The place, Falaise, France. The time, 1386. 
Is that how you pronounce it? Fillets? I don't know. F-A-L-A-I-S-E. Fillet. 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 You, Since you it has the E on the end, you should pronounce the S. So it should oh, be really? fillets, probably. Fillets. Nah. Continue. <laughs> um, how would you pronounce this name? Uh, that's Jeanne Le Macon. Macon. Well, Jeanne uh, wakes with his wife and three-month-old son, Jean Lemon, on their modest farm. After their morning routines are finished, Jeanet and his wife, as is customary of the time, leave their son in his crib and set out to tend to their farm duties. Nothing is out of the ordinary that day, but upon their arrival home a few hours later, they find the door slightly ajar. Once inside, they find a horrific scene. Their son's crib is upended and their child is on the ground, his face and arms horribly mutilated as though by blunt force trauma. Oh my gosh. The child is alive when they find him, but by the time help arrives from the town, he has died. Oh, jeez. Way to, way to start off season three. Way to kick, yeah. <clears throat> child murder. Oh. All right. Three months old? Three months old. Hmm. Just face gone. Stop. Face off. Stop. <laughs> um, there is no evidence of another person being in the home at all. Nothing is missing or out of place. There is only one thing that causes any suspicion. The authorities quickly come and arrest the only other living being found in the home. A three-year-old pig. Stop. It is deduced that the pig pushed the door open, wandered in, knocked the crib over, and started eating the child <gasps> soon before the parents arrived back at home. Now you have to understand, at that time in France, pigs roamed like wild dogs. So this wasn't one of their pigs? No, right? Who would have known the baby? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the pig didn't have a name. It wasn't right. a pet, right? But like pigs like roamed around like the streets and stuff like that. They were used pretty much as like garbage control. Oh, and sometimes they ate a child or two. Oh. The pig is taken to the local jail to await trial for the murder. She was there for three weeks and reportedly treated like the rest of the inmates, receiving the same food and treatment. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> At her trial, there were three lawyers, two for the prosecution and one acting as the pig's defense. Several people were called for testimony, including the owner of the pig, who testified against her. <laughs> this is I'm not funny. A child is dead, Clinton. <laughs> I picture, if you will, you're on the stage like, you know, that pig, I always knew she was trouble. <laughs> I kept telling myself gotta, one day. You gotta do it with your French accent, though. <laughs> Zip pig! <laughs> 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 it reminds me of that video you sent me with the, the dog days of summer. Yes. <laughs> Something changed behind their eyes. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, did you see the one I sent you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Tangent. Anyway. Ultimately, the pig was declared guilty of the murder and sentenced to hanging. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's the, that's the strange the part, part yeah, for me. Oh, three-month-old baby <laughs> mutilated. Big well, deal. Hanging a pig. No, no, no. Not, not the, you know, horrificness of a hanging, but yes. the, like, do pigs barely have necks. Like, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> yeah, but you can still hang them from it. Um, on January 9th, 1386, the pig was dressed in men's clothing, 
But it's a girl. They didn't care about that. Okay. Women weren't hanged back then. Uh, oh, so this is why they got, this is how they got away yeah, just hanging the a female. Men. Okay. <laughs> um, she was beaten and mutilated about the face and forelegs and then hung from the gallows until it was dead. Now, there there are different stories that I read that uh, it was hung, like, regular, like, around the neck or whatever. And then there's another story that she was actually hung by the feet with a mask of a person's face over her snout, like, to make it seem like she was a person. <laughs> God, these people need TV. They need um, TV invented stat. So I'm not quite that- sure which one. Yeah, that is a fair point. So this was 1385, you said? 86. 86. So, yeah. but, but still definitely, like... Get some theater people. <laughs> I mean, it just is. Practically, I mean, over 600 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it is, you know, the medieval yeah. era. Yeah. Okay. I bet this was prime entertainment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. As she, as she was hung, the local animal breeders were instructed to bring their animals to witness the hanging so as to be an example to them. I can't. I can't with this. So you line up your other pigs and... There's laws. a horse with like a handkerchief. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> the sheep are horrified. Did, and, but, so she didn't have a name, though. So it's not no. like... Did this pig aw. have any family? Not that To stand by of. her side? No. <laughs> Nobody came to her defense, apparently. I know. Even the farmer was like... Mm-mm. I always knew she was a bad seed. All right. Here is a quote from the receipt to the hangman. For his efforts and salary for having dragged and then hanged at the place of justice in Falaise, a sow of approximately three years of age. She was so young. Three years of age. That may not be young for a sow, though. <laughs> yeah. So dogs are like, the dog years are seven-ish to one. What are pig years? Eleven years. Eleven years. To, no, I'm making that up. I mean, <laughs> she was 33. No, she was okay. 33 years old. Yeah. Anyway, approximately three years of age, who had eaten the face of the child of Jeanet de Macon, who was in his crib and who was approximately three months old, in such a way that the said infant died from his injuries. An additional 10 S. Tournées for a new glove when the hangman performed the said execution. They made that out of the pigskin. Pigskin gloves. Like a football. But I mean, like, <laughs> how do you, like, in your your contract, is like, okay, I want, so I need my salary and the payment for this, but I also need one new glove to perform this. It's the one that holds the rope? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> the receipt is given to Renaud Rigal, Vicomte de Falaise. The hangman declares that he is well satisfied with the sum and that he makes no further claims on the king, our sire, and the said vicomte. So this is, like, bizarre. However, it is not unusual. In the medieval times, there are hundreds of cases in France alone of animals being tried for various murders or other crimes. And here's... Just a little list of other things. Oh my Great. goodness. <laughs> All right. A group of pigs was tried as a gang for murdering and eating a man. Three pigs were determined to be the actual perpetrators. And the rest <laughs> the were The ringleaders. Found- yeah. And the rest were found guilty of watching and doing nothing. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> Should have stepped in. Should have saved that man. Stand intervene. up to your friends. Intervene. <laughs> see something, say something. That's right. If you see something... Squeal something. <laughs> no? We should get posters made up of farms. Yes, I'm just saying. exactly. 
Another pig and her piglets were charged and put on trial with lawyers and everything like that for killing a man and his toddler. No, killing the man, but maiming the toddler when they went into the pen to look at the piglets. Now, the, the pig herself is uh, was found guilty and executed by burning, mm. but the piglets were... Uh, I guess deemed oh, too, too young, young and yeah. let go. By burning, you mean they cooked cooking. it? They, they cooked, cooked the pig. They, they <laughs> ate that pig. They dug a pit. Yeah, put it in there, had a luau, and then everybody An English thirteen hundred. And luau. everybody was happy that evening, and nobody knew why. Okay, the most it. like, like this goes on people's salary. Like taxes are paying these lawyers and courts mm. to try. Pigs. Yes. I love it. Also, a rooster was tried <laughs> and burned at the stake as a witch for laying an egg. Wow. That is... Clinton agrees. He's no, like, no, no, a rooster should lay an egg. <laughs> Actually, so, do you know what a basilisk is? Yes. Yes. Which, so like that's... Isn't that a snake? A snake, but they're, they, but they're born from one of those of, eggs. It's, right? Yeah, it's a, a rooster that lays an egg that's hatched by a frog or a lizard, oh, yeah. that, etc. But it's like... It starts with a rooster laying an egg. So, so which? Okay, so they had they had probable cause. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm. They were I'm just trying. With that they one. were trying to nip something in the butt. <laughs> okay. You can't have a basilisk. Also, <laughs> multiple donkeys and horses have been tried and executed for sodomy. Oh man, I'm not going to unpack that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm that one That's why I ended the sentence right there. <laughs> okay. Cool. So. What? <laughs> We're gonna go ahead. We put and put dolphins on that list too, but oh, you know, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> the rapists of the sea. Um, so we're going to go ahead and transition into our <laughs> ranking of the murder pig. Oh, the nameless no, pig. I, I'm I'm going to have to vote that we do not put the pig on the list. The pig goes on the list. The pig does not go on the list. This this scale is specifically made for human psychology. It's not made for pig psychology. We have no idea what the motive is for that pig, other than probably hunger. In all fairness. We are not human psychologists, so we are equally as... Uninformed. <laughs> this, <Yes>. scale, <laughs> this scale is not made for pigs. We cannot put a pig on the scale. But wouldn't it be fun? I, what would you do? Like, I, I think too much we'd compare it to a human. Right? We'd That's give what it, they did in medieval times. Right, we'd give let's, it human attributes. Let's go ahead and discuss this pig's motives. Oh, Jesus. I mean, truthfully, the pig had one motive. It was hungry. It was probably Because that's how pigs are. Yeah. And truthfully, that is a common thing, right? In the medieval times, pigs who were let to wander mm-hmm. regularly ate children. So, obviously, either you're not feeding your pig enough or, you know, they're pigs. Right. <laughs> I can't do so it. So, what I hear is we've ruled out justifiable homicide. I mean, I don't think it's justifiable <laughs> unless it killed its owner because well, that's the person keeping food from it. According to what's his face in Ireland, it would be justifiable. What, what's his face? Uh, Jonathan Swift. Jonathan Swift. Uh, well, that opens a whole different set <laughs> <kind> of words. <laughs> like, hey, you guys, I'm trying to focus. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I, well, one. Do we think this pig was highly narcissistic? 
See, this is what I'm talking about. We cannot put this pig on the list. You guys are insane. We can't. We can't do it. This pig is not a psychopath. This pig has no psychopathic tendencies. Well, it could have been farmer, impetuous, hot-headed murder. I think the farmer knew something about this pig, though. He did testify against it. I think he just wanted to be on the stand for a minute. I think he just wanted a little. Attention. Look at me! Yeah. I own the pig. Maybe, maybe they gave him a little money for it. I don't know. But this is you guys. We can't put a pig on the scale. Okay. Tell me which category that pig fits under. All right. Yeah, you tell me, Clinton. <clears throat> Actually, so that's a good segue into the scale, the scale. of evil we we're talking yeah. about, yeah. which has 22 categories, ranging from category one, Rachel. Justifiable homicide. To category 22. Do you want to take a swing at it? Psychopathic torture murderers, where torture is the main motive? Yes, and the motive need not always be sexual. There we go. Well um, done. Thank you. Yeah, no, that was... It only took me three seasons. <laughs> or I guess two. But go ahead. So yeah, and then it is further grouped into some subcategories that range from the self-defense and justifiable on one side to serial killer sadists on the other side. So essentially, plays with intent is a, a big deal with this. It's not always right. body count. Right. It's it more is. It's more the motive behind the killing. Yeah, I just don't think. Uh, frankly, I'm not sure if hunger is one of the the ones we can put on here, unless you unless you count it as justifiable homicide. If you are hungry enough to eat someone, like let's take the guys who who plane crashed mm-hmm. and alive. Right. They ate people, but they waited until those people were dead. Right. All so right. it wasn't homicide at all. So it wasn't homicide at all. But I I can't. I don't. I can't think of anyone who was so hungry they killed someone to eat them. The Donner Party did kill people. Now they were weak and they were dying already. Right. Um, they, but they, they did have to end up killing people to su- survive. See, right. that category, fascinating case. We should save it for another murder brunch. Right. But this pig who has no control over how it gets food. Also, it kind of seems like there's got to be a better way to get food. There's got to be a better way to get food. Well, but the thing is, is the baby would have been really Oh, that's gross. Really, really good. good food. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like if a pig can only find stuff that's on the ground or in refuse piles or something like that, this baby must have seen like steak you know oh i know it's terrible i hate this i hate this case i hate you for bringing it into murder brunch so i just can't you would have thought though that because i mean it wasn't necessarily easy to get to you know they had to knock over the crib right like you'd think there would have been something else around somewhere to dissuade this pig even in the house but the thing is is they i mean it's the 1300s food is precious Food is a rarity to begin with, so all of their larders and pantry stuff was probably locked up super tight. The baby actually put probably was more accessible than anything else. It's terrible. It's and it was noisy, so it causes it drags attention. You know what I mean? And I just feel like I feel like we cannot put the pig on the scale. So okay, the scale aside. Yes. Okay. If this was to happen today, of course, no one's going to put a pig on trial now because pigs aren't people. And for some reason, are you sure? Well, I mean, the medieval courts believed that they had the same human attributes as to control their own behavior. Which is also interesting. Like, was this to give comfort to the parents? Like, why? Why would they? Why would they spend? I'm sure a very poor town's tax coffers on a trial for a pig. Was it for entertainment purposes? That could have been a huge play on it. Why would you put a pig on trial? And. Would you find it innocent? Ever. Yeah. No, because you had a body. <clears throat> no. 
it, I believe it, it was an excuse, right? So that somebody had to pay the price. Somebody had to be in the wrong, but they didn't want to blame the owner of the pig. So you blame the pig. Right. And they didn't want to own the and they, yeah. parents of the child. And even putting that aside, I think they truly believed the pig was, yeah, it was, could handle that kind of <laughs> reasoning. Like, I think, I think there were people of that time who believed, like you said, the pig had attributes that controlled its actions. Yeah. I mean, like they, that's how they felt about all animals. Right. So, so yeah, I guess that's, that's what it comes down to is that they honestly believed a pig was a person. Right. But now, I mean, when dogs, when dogs maul children and stuff like that, it is their owners that pay the price. Yes, but the dogs are put, put down, down. Mm-hmm. and the owners are never, I don't think owners are held on trial for murder. It depends, well, maybe not murder, but neglect or other technical issues, If depending on where the dog is held, how the dog is treated. Like, what would the dog- an owner of a situation like that go to jail yeah, for, a, I, I, for a child killing? There have been people who have gone to jail because their dog was trained to attack. And then was not properly chained or right. put behind a fence. Right. And so because they have this abused or, or you know, horribly mistreated. mistreated dog, it's a weapon. So in that case, let me, let me talk about like legal semantics. Would someone go to jail for mistreatment of an animal or for the death of a child? Well, it probably would be lumped together or be used as a bargaining chip for, for pro- prosecutors. We will take this off the table, but you are now to pay a fine and go to jail for so many days for this. Mm. All right. So I've kind of lost the thread of this conversation <laughs> from where we started to where we are now. The pig does not go on the scale. Okay. I think that's the final verdict, right? The pig does not go on the scale. We can't. We can't put the pig on the scale. I, I honestly, honestly, I just didn't, wouldn't know where to put them. Her. Where would we put her? It. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I thought it would be a lively debate. Did you have any? I mean, usually I the person who does like the first to, story do has not, a couple of I categories. I do not yeah. have it because, I mean, obviously it wasn't justifiable because, you know, like now, even if you're starving, There's killing somebody thing. to feed yourself is not justifiable. Yeah. The closest I can get is the one I said, an impetuous, hot-headed murder, yet without marked psychopathic traits. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was be, a, so what, a murder what, of opportunity. So what... What? That is a Category 6. Wow. Wow, that pig is high up there. <laughs> yeah, that pig is higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. And, and off, actually, guys, we don't have anyone in 6. <laughs> I think we need to put the pig on no, 6. No, we can't put the pig on the scale. <laughs> we can't put the pig on the scale. Now, so potentially also, depending on, let's say, how hunger distraught this pig was category five is traumatized desperate persons who kill relatives or others yet have remorse no because again that's giving them yeah like even the impetuous hot-headed feels a little we're inching towards the giving him feelings well i I think closest to instinct is hot-headed you know like that's about because he the pig obviously did not plan this right but i also don't think he did it or she did it in anger. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is what I think of impetuous and hot-headed. Oh. So, I, you know, it's just... it's just. I just think it was a crime of passion. I, <laughs> I think it was a crime of opportunity. There was a baby there. The pig was going to eat it. That's so sad. That's so sad. Like, it's, can you imagine? But the fact that it was so prevalent. Yeah. And the idea of how... Oh, so, I came across this, and I'm like, no. 
people didn't do this. And of course, on trial. Or like if they did it, it was this like weird novelty thing that happened in this like podunk town somewhere. But no, it was it was prevalent for 300 years. Animals were put on trial through Europe. Was there a, did they have to pass a law saying we will not put animals on trial to change how it was done? I didn't read that. I think it was just like it fell out of fashion. So so there you go. Like in England, can you still put an animal on trial? I don't know. There are like, you know, there's those archaic laws that right. are still like, like there's a town in in Midwest America that's like they have a law on record that says no monsters within the city limits. Mm-hmm. Like that's Kansas. an actual law mm-hmm. in their town, which I mean, as a child, I would feel very comforted Woo! by that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Call the Nothing police. under my bed. Yeah. Um, but so. Call the police. <laughs> like dude you're not supposed to be here that's illegal <laughs> um, an illegal alien Ooh, because but are aliens monsters. monsters well i mean i guess it depends on the type of alien this is another debate oh, another question um gosh we're opening up all kinds of cans <laughs> but so i think it became one of those things where after 300 years of believing that animals had i don't know self-awareness yeah to know the difference between right and wrong yeah they realized that no they don't and perhaps the donkey can't perform sodomy on oh, by itself. Stop. <laughs> okay. Um, uh. I, I feel like it was just one of those things, and, and, you know, everything was dictated by the church back then and all that. It was a way of not blaming people for... Accidents. Accidents, or even acts that didn't want to address. Right. Well, I mean, the Catholic Church loves doing stuff with animals as far as, like, a, you know, the Lamb of God and all of that. So right. Giving it some kind of... Catholic Church loves covering up all kinds of things. <laughs> Get them! <laughs> yeah. So, that's crazy. What a crazy story. It is a crazy sad. story. Of course it's sad. However... Yes. In the 1300s, babies were dying left and right. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, that baby may not have made it to adulthood anyway, but... And the... Of all the animals that, or, you know, the animals that were put on trial throughout the whole 300 years that it was documented, nine out of ten of the cases was a pig. And it was all, it was the victim usually a child? Um, I don't know if it was usually a child, but, I mean, it Probably. it happened enough for people to, and, you know, we just, we had a conversation about Wizard of Oz, where, where Dorothy oh, falls yeah. into the pig pen. Well, we've talked about pigs before and how dangerous they are. Right, because you did that one story mm-hmm. about the dude who was fed to the pigs. So, like, even now, people know that pigs are not something to, They're not cuddling to trifle you. Yeah. with, you know, unless you get one of those little teacup piggies. No. And then you just hug it and keep oh, I'd let that little it on it pig just nibble it all over yeah, me. Yeah, my face any day of the week. But. Um, so a pig is a dangerous animal, especially when it's in a group. Mm-hmm. And to think that because <laughs> they it, just they just pump each other up and they're like, "Go get them!" Yeah. Or they just look on and don't do anything, don't say anything. Uh, they're like, "It's not my business." Um, poor pigs. But, I feel bad for everyone involved in this case. But we, I think that it came to a point where no longer are herds of pigs just roaming through the neighborhood. Like they had to stop them like they did wolves. They had to stop them like, you know, other wild animals. Yeah. Well, they domesticated them. That was a big part of it. And then you had to, you had to corral them. Yeah. The dressing the pig up like a man, that had to be for pure entertainment. They didn't want it to be indecent. 
indecent. It's a pig. Whose job was that the day of? I would guess the hangman. Whose clothes did they use? That's a good question. That's crazy. The whole story is crazy. All right, you ready for me to bring you down? Uh, well, first Clinton write pig in number no! six. No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, my story is not as um, uh, whimsical. Yeah, <laughs> whimsical. This is going to be pretty sad. So this is the story of Tianda and Diamond Bradley. So two two girls. Pause. <clears throat> Clinton had Continue. a fart. <laughs> as if I'd pause. <laughs> Okay. On July 6th, 2001, in Chicago, Tracy Bradley left for work at 6 a.m. Her daughters were sleeping, but she kissed them goodbye. Tianda was 10, Diamond was 3, and she had repeatedly told them not to open the door when she was not at home. So these girls knew not to open the door. Tracy had two other daughters, Rita, 12, and Victoria, 9, who had stayed the previous night at their grandmother's apartment. So Tracy goes to work. While she is at her shift, she calls the apartment the apartment throughout the morning, but no one answers. And when she finishes her shift, her boyfriend, Diamond's father, George Washington, took her to a store to pick up a birthday cake for Victoria. Now, Victoria was one of the daughters who was staying at Grandma's house. Her birthday was coming up. So they, were, they got a birthday cake for her. And George and Tracy said that they were planning on taking the girls on a camping trip that weekend. When she returns home at 11 a.m. to 1230, the girls are gone. Diamond and Tianda are gone. I think it's Tianda. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And a note remained that said they had gone to a neighborhood store and a school park. They were never seen again. Tianda was described as a, quote, sassy, quick-witted 10-year-old, quote, she, who could remember lots of phone numbers and she loved to dance and run tracks, so she was very smart. Um, and she was dedicated to taking care of Diamond. That was her little, her buddy. And so she always took care of her. Diamond was a quiet, shy, laid-back girl with a sweet smile her nickname was Honey Bun, and she was, again, only three years old. Mm. Yeah. While Tianda was smart, she struggled with reading and writing and was going to summer school that year for help. She had skipped the day she went missing to take care of Diamond because Tracy had to work. The note that had been written was deemed to be in her handwriting, but it was all spelled correctly and had perfect grammar, which was unexpected for Tianda because she was not at that level. The note has led most to believe someone Tianda knew coached her what to write before taking the girls away. Their neighborhood was known for being that kind of village that raises a child. They knew everybody in their, in their neighborhood. They all took turns taking care of the girls. Her grandmother lived close by. Other family members lived close by. So everybody was devastated when this happened. They all knew Tianda and Diamond. And during the initial search of once the police came to look through the apartment and get the what do you call it? The first idea of what happened. Uh, Faith, who was Tracy's sister, found an unheard voicemail on Tracy's cell phone. It was placed from 8.30 to 9.30 and was Tianda saying, Mama, this is Tianda. Mom, pick up the phone. George is at the door. Can I open the door? He said that we are going to Jules to pick up the cake there. We're going to pick you up from work. And Jules was a local grocery store. George Washington was Diamond's dad, but there was also another George who lived nearby, which was confusing for this case. And he babysat the girls once in a while. He was another neighbor who was part of the community. And then the voicemail, voicemail disappeared. And nobody knew where it went. And when asked where it went, Tracy responded, quote, me and God knew that. That's the whole quote. And she would not elaborate more. 
So that one's a little sketchy right Suspicious. there. Suspicious. Very. The voicemail is weird because no call was logged leaving the apartment. So the landline from the apartment was not used supposedly for this call. So if Tianda left a voicemail for her mom, could it have come from another phone? Maybe whoever was at the door, she used their cell phone or the, but then she asks, can I open the door? Supposedly, again, supposedly in this alleged voicemail because nobody heard it but Faith and I guess Tracy. Those are the only people who said they've heard it. But Tracy didn't deny that it was there. The the only quote I found was, me and God knew that on why it was missing. Okay. The girl's great aunt, uh, and I I believe I've heard it, Shalaya Bradley Smith, who she later became a missing children advocate and has been searching them for, for 20 years. She got heavily involved in this case. She has her own suspicions about what happened. For instance, she had never heard of Tracy camping anywhere. That was not an activity they typically did with the girls. Mm. And they were planning on going camping the day before Victoria's birthday and Victoria wasn't invited. So why would they leave it for right before a birthday for one of her other daughters? So that was and also... And they were going to celebrate her birthday days before... It like was a day, birthday. yeah. yeah. And then there were reports that George Washington was found with a receipt from Home Depot for gloves, bleach, and garbage bags. Always a little suspicious. Also, the family had a family cell plan, and one of the members' phone was unavailable from 2 a.m. to 2 p.m. during the morning the girls disappeared. Shalaya believes that was because that phone was roaming. Remember, it's 2001. Mm-hmm. She won't say which family member that cell phone belonged to, and the plan doesn't say where the phone was during that time, which she finds uh, she finds very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, so because that might give them a location of where the girls are. Right. Hundreds of police, federal agents, and civilians came out to search for the girls. This is you know there, we hear those cases all the time, especially when it comes to minorities of how the police don't step forward and help and everything like that. This is not one of those cases. This was a huge, huge case when it happened. They interviewed over 100 sex offenders in the area. They searched sewers, abandoned factories, and buildings. It was one of the largest manhunts in Chicago history. And when you think about Chicago, Chicago. that's pretty impressive. Nothing was ever found. No one was arrested. Nothing. No evidence at all. Not even like, you know, the girl's shoes or something like that. Tracy and George Washington were taken in for questioning. And she was painted in the press as a bad mother for leaving her kids home alone, but she had to work. I mean, this is a circumstance that we can't really see ourselves in. Um, She had her own issues that she was dealing with. But she was also thought to be suspicious because she didn't notify the police that the girls were missing until that evening, until about six o'clock that evening. But she said she thought they were playing. She thought they were at the playground and she had gone around the neighborhood looking for them. And when she couldn't find them by 6 p.m., that's when she told the police. Some eyewitnesses, children, also reported they saw the girls at the playground that morning, but police couldn't really confirm that. Eyewitnesses as children aren't really, they're not held to the same standard. So Yeah, I mean, well, eyewitness, we, it has been obviously documented that eyewitness testimony is notoriously flawed anyway. Right. And, and then, then from a, a child's right, point of view. Right. Then. Some people believe Tracy knows something. Her timeline is a little sketchy and she started to become very uncooperative with the police. I find this interesting. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. This is also a woman who probably felt persecuted by the police as well and decided she wasn't going to help them because she didn't think they were helping her. I'm not sure. Well, she was probably also from a community that 
doesn't trust police. Yes. And she was afraid she'd be punished by DCF for leaving the girls at home. She thought that was going to come after her and they would take Rita and Victoria away as well. Eventually, Tracy moved away from the neighborhood and she stayed with George Washington. They ended up having another daughter together. Shalaya keeps the old home phone number in case Tianda ever tried to get in touch. Because remember, Tianda could remember phone numbers. So just in case. Shalaya also received an email from someone in 2007 that said, this is Tianda and is spelled I-Z. And the police tracked it to a MySpace account for a 12-year-old who, who had a picture that looked like Tianda, like if she was a little bit older. But she, the girl whose account it was for said she was using a picture that looks a lot like Tianda from the internet because she didn't want to use her own picture. She had just found that picture on the internet and used it for her MySpace account. So that whole... But it was for a young kid. Yes, the girl... somehow figured out who these... This, these children are mm-hmm. figured out who their who great she, aunt was who their great aunt was and and thought to email her she said she did not send the email oh. so it's that someone might have hacked to the myspace account and then sent the email out from that mm-hmm. i don't know or even how they tracked it might have been like I'm not even, I don't know exactly. The, the whole, that whole account of the story is very weird to me yeah. as well. I mean, like, the, I don't think you could email from MySpace. No, but I could see, and well, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I could see someone back in the days when MySpace was a thing, someone sees an account and go, oh, hey, that looks like this famous case. I'm going to email and say, this is Tianda. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it could have even had no ill intent behind it, but saying, I think that this mysterious oh. MySpace is yeah. Tianda. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. There, right. But. Yeah. Right. Side note on that 12-year-old girl who uh, was ahead of her time and said, I don't want to use my own picture. I'm right. Like, <laughs> All right. Uh, Shalaya is convinced that the picture used is Tianda. She is convinced that somehow whoever took her is maybe trafficked her or something like that. And she is out there somewhere and they, they, or at least in 2007 that that was her picture. Persons of interest have been questioned, but no official suspects. The family believes it must be someone the girls knew because they had been taught to be very wary of strangers. In fact, they never would have left the apartment and they never would have left a note. Tracy had a cell phone. If they wanted to get a hold of their mom, they would have called her. Mm -hmm. So them leaving the house was, was suspect as well. And this is 2001. It's not like the 80s, you know, where kids were kind of like free range. These girls did have a healthy fear, probably, of stranger danger Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Everybody knew what a pedophile was, by the way. Right, exactly. And this was a tight-knit neighborhood. If there was a stranger at the door, they would not have opened it. Diamond's father was questioned, and he did not live at their apartment. So his house and garage were searched, but they couldn't find anything conclusive that made it seem like there was... There, there was some stuff about, like, a barrel or something like that, but they, but there was nothing in it, but some burned stuff, but they're like, maybe you burned the clothes, but then where's the body? You know, I mean, it was, it was all very inconclusive. So he was never he was never charged. And he was the one who did buy gloves, bags, and bleach. Yes. Yeah, he did. Supposedly. Again, allegedly. This is a missing case. We can't say anyone did anything. Um, if one of the Georges is responsible, here's the question that a lot of people ask. If one of the George Washington or the babysitter George... What would be the motive? Like, there was no history of child abuse, as far as they could tell in any of the articles I read. There was, there was, no, uh, there was no hot-headed dads. Tracy did have a lot of boyfriends. She liked a lot of different male companionship. But, like, 
all of them seem to be fine with it. Like George Washington was with her while she might have also had other boyfriends, but I think he might have also had other girlfriends. You know, I mean, it was like that was the kind of relationship they had. So I I don't know what would the motive be to take away the girls or or to do anything to them. Uh, And and neither does the police. Yeah, unless somebody was offered money. Right, something like that. It doesn't seem like a case of like uh, Diamond mouthed off and Dad got mad. You know, it doesn't seem like that's the case of it. This either seems very planned or very, you know, has an outside influence to it. Victoria Bradley, as she grew up, she no longer celebrates her birthday. It's too close to when the girls left and she just, she can't do it. Uh, She went on to find basketball and played in college. So she's doing well for herself. Rita went on to marry and have children of her own. There's a lot of Reddit rabbit holes regarding this case. You could go down. There's, there was this whole thing about this Moroccan man that was involved. Like he, I guess he was seen around the neighborhood or something like that. Like they actually... The federal agents got involved because they ended up cro- they crossed countries on this case. Like some of the leads sent them, sent them to Morocco, sent them to Belize, mm. sent them to Mexico, that kind of stuff. But I didn't really go into the Moroccan man theory because I couldn't find that on any news articles. I only found that on Reddit. Okay. And they continued to look for for the girls either as adults or for their remains. A vigil was held just last summer. It was the twentieth anniversary. And Shalaya continues to keep the girls in everyone's minds. Age progression photos are available online. But as of right now, they still have no no real leads. No real idea of where the girls are. Just up and vanished. Yeah. It's really super sad. I feel like if it was George Washington, something would have cracked by now. You know what I mean? I feel like if he was the, the one who did it, they would have found something. Yeah, I mean, even because they searched his property and stuff like that, generally no, people do not do not think of everything right right they're not they're typically not smarter than and not, especially after 20 years and not finding anything is weird mm-hmm. um un- unless it is one of those things that they knew somebody they got in their car and they just drove yeah. i don't know like it's very it's very strange like that like the neighborhood like if they got in the car of someone i feel like there would have been a mom hanging out a window going what's going on with tianda and diamond who are they going? you know what i mean like they all had eyes on each other it's very it's a really weird case i do think though this seems more disappearance than murder i would agree with you except for the fact that tianda was old enough to find her parent you know to remember them right so if if she was disappeared or trafficked or whatever and there was there's never been an instance of a woman who has her appearance who has tried to get back home or tried to get herself free or anything like that i mean it's kind of like the um the cruise ship one she was taken and she but there were several occurrences where they think she yeah. was trying to get free and find somebody to but help she her. was also an adult she was. I mean, and these are children. And truthfully, now you know, I was talking about the eyewitnesses, eyewitness accounts being um, faulty. Faulty. However, you know, children, if they saw them there and they knew them and they like played with them or like that's my friend, and we're at the park together. I mean, that might be something that is perhaps worth thinking about and i mean i guess there's a possibility that whoever took them did take them to the park first and let them play for a little bit maybe build up an alibi or something like that or make them feel at ease yeah or wear them out so they fall asleep in the car oh god horrifying so yeah i don't know i mean i the girls might still be out there shalaya thinks that they might still be alive like there's a part like they talk about a lot in her her the article she's a she's a spokesman for the family because tracy doesn't really talk to anybody anymore and she's like, we have a lot of hope that they're out there and they'll come home to us eventually. But then, of course, 
they haven't in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Tianda would be 30 and Diamond would be 23. Pretty grown up. Yeah. It's really sad. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, absolutely. But still, it is one of those. Well, and like the picture, right? Mm-hmm. Shalaya is convinced in 2007 that was her, that was Tiana. Yeah. But in her biggest question, and I'm, I'm literally taking this quote from, from an article, was where is Diamond? If you got mm-hmm. a picture of Tiana, where is Diamond? Right. And the thing about children, I mean, the oldest one was 10. Yeah. I mean, you hear about grown adults being brainwashed yeah for lack of a better word i mean for a child you can spin whatever kind of lie you want and the you repeat it enough a kid's gonna believe you especially if you treat them well Mm -hmm. you know i mean you can tell them their their mom didn't want them anymore yeah and obviously there was some there was some dysfunctionality in the home you know i mean as far as Tracy having to work and not being able to be there for the kids and yeah. stuff like that. Or and, having and, an alternate adult to be able to take care right. of them. Like, I think all the accounts show that Tracy was a very loving mother and she cared a lot for the girls and she, she did everything she could for them, but they obviously didn't have everything they could have. Yeah. So, Which is also incredibly sad for... I mean, like, my worst fear is losing my kid right you know and like never seeing them again right i mean it's worse than if they if you if you know that they're dead at um, least you know what I, yeah I, I and you know that they're not in pain and they're not you know being used or anything like that so just losing a kid into nothing and never knowing that's just like torture and i think the suspicions of tracy i mean maybe she does know something maybe maybe she is covering up for george washington or something like that but the suspicions of tracy feel very much like old crime issues where we're like everybody grieves the same everybody handles like her moving away people like well why would she move away what if the girls came home that kind of stuff it's like well you don't know how people are going to react to stuff and it's also you know probably prejudice in that she's poor she's minority she's you know these things and she has a stigma on her already yeah it's a mess but if those girls are out there I hope one day they're found wouldn't that be amazing wouldn't that be amazing I mean, I guess your hope for something like that is that they were, you know, they absolutely belong with their mom, but if they were found by someone, someone's taking care of them, yeah, you know, gave I them mean, some like, kind of life. This could be a happy story. Oh, it's never going to be a happy story. They were kidnapped no matter what, but it's still, I don't know. It's a mess. You want to talk about murderous pigs? Is that better? I've named her Piggy Sue in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Glenn. Uh, Piggy Sue. Piggy Sue at level six. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'll put Piggy I'll put Piggy Sue there with an asterisk. How about that? We'll do that. Okay. okay. Can you put it in pink? It's going to be in red. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. Season three is going to be red for those keeping up with the, with the scale. All right. Um, sources? Oh, sources. All right. My sources for um, the pig murder uh, are thevintagenews.com, wired.com, and the criminal prosecution and capital punishment of animals by Edward Payson Evans. And mine were nbcnews.com, USA Today, nwi.com, and true crime diary by the incomparable Michelle McNamara. Uh, she had a lot of details on her blog post for Tianda and Diamond that I couldn't find in other places, but I trust her as a source because. I mean, we all know Michelle she's McNamara. Right, yeah. She's amazing. And um, she worked directly with police on a lot of stuff and things like that. So I'm going to go ahead and 
give her the benefit of the doubt. So it's good if if you haven't read it yet. The True Crime Diary blog is up still. So yeah, there we go. I would say, listeners, if you have a thought about pigs being tried uh, or <laughs> put on the scale. And what clothes they should be wearing while they're uh, being tried. Please reach out to us. Whether you're listening to this as it airs or if it's a year from now and you're just getting into Murder Brunch, you should still reach out to us because we'd yes. still like to... Uh, and you can find us on all the socials at uh, Typically Murder Brunch Podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And you can reach us at our email... Which is murderbrunchbunch at gmail.com. And our website is murderbrunchpodcast.com. Very good. And don't forget to check out our Patreon. We will have recipes, extra photos, and an extra story presented by our very own Clinton every month. You get to hear these dulcet tones <laughs> so much. He will uh, lull you into a sense <laughs> murdery <sleep>. of meditation. <laughs> There we did. We did it. The meditation murder podcast was us all along. Oh my gosh. Full circle. That's, That's all we have today for season three, episode one. So join us next time for more mayhem. More murder. More snacks. Bye. Bye.